0: Alright then, guys, so here we are with our second bash at the Afterwatch podcast. We have changed up the format a little bit, so we didn't really like the structured feel from the first two attempts we did. Um, Well, first two weeks of attempts we did. So we changed up a little bit, going for a little bit more relaxed view. We've dropped the video part of the podcast um, just so we can focus more on the audio and not have you deal with vanilla's face. So, we all know that's a bonus.
1: That's <laughs> fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked
0: up, bro. I was gonna say Red, but then I thought, wait, but Red isn't here every week, so, you yeah, know. And you haven't even introduced me yet. I haven't yet, that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously we are keeping the same thing with a guest host, where we're gonna have someone different every week to come and chill and shoot the shit with us and just basically talk. So, this week we have Red's Web.
2: Hey, how you doing?
0: Who is a loyal viewer to Vanilla stream. So we thought we'd give him a little yours,
2: bit. And I watch YouTube sometimes. Yeah,
0: sometimes. When you're not hitting on the towel. But that's going to be streamed on the Twitch as a teaser. Crush he crushed, <laughs> yeah.
2: crushed them, but that's still no excuse. I'm sorry. Crushed <laughs> them? They're like oh, little rats, yeah. isn't they? Yeah, they how are. How can a little rat crush? <sighs> I mean. Domination is probably the better word. They, I don't think there was a point where they didn't have control of the ball or the board. So, yeah.
0: fair enough. Fair. It was enough,
2: entertaining man. to watch, nonetheless. I've never seen that. I've never seen Skaven play a game of Blood Bowl because no one really plays Skaven apart from Vanilla. So, uh,
0: yeah. it was interesting to watch. I've <laughs> never even seen a game of Blood Bowl, so I might have to actually have a look up and see. Yeah, how it yeah is. you need to watch that. It's good. Yeah. It was
1: a fun game, It really was. It was really competitive, you know. Mm. It's just the speed, man. This and speed is, is where it's at. Where did you watch him do that then? On his channel. He oh. streamed
2: um, a couple of Sundays ago. Really? Where, where were you? I was just about to say <laughs> that, where was I?
1: <laughs> I'm always I in vanilla's channel. My numbers were down. <laughs> this guy.
0: Um, I must have been at football.
2: Yeah, it was a Sunday, uh, so uh, you would have been busy, mate.
0: Yeah, I would have been at football and then probably fell asleep. It might have even been my birthday, to be honest, if it was on a Sunday.
1: Was nah, it was, yeah, it was before your birthday. Oh, I was think that? he was at football. You had a – oh, wait, yeah, you had a game. You had a game. You actually messaged me the night before and was like, I'll try to make it in there, but I have a game. Yeah. yeah. yeah any ex- Any excuse. Any
2: excuse. I had a game while I was lying you, in bed. You two should be supporting each other more often. I mean, he plays Tao
0: and you play bloody Skaven. I mean, what the hell? You've got the two <laughs> worst armies in well, the tomb. This guy in the, guy's the one. He's <laughs> the main <laughs> guy who actually takes a piss out of Tao when, like when I'm painting Wait, him or when I'm right sitting in chat. Ch- is still better than Tao. <laughs> whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Well, played. We are going way too far with that. <laughs>
2: no, my bad. I'll take a step back. I am a guest here after all.
0: Yeah, little, exactly. Sorry. So, uh... Oh. Should we put Red on the blacklist of guests though, who are never coming back?
2: Literally 15 seconds into the uh, podcast. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive in her uh, feet. I, I don't think anyone will beat that. No, <laughs> we'll have to get you a little I wooden spoon the made hate. up. <laughs> huh?
1: the, hate, the hate fuels me. I, I know that people hate Skaven. That's why I play them. It's one of those like, everybody sees a Skaven and they're like, you gotta kill that fucking thing. <laughs> like, just, just get rid of it. Burn yeah. it to ash that's the so, sort of feel I'm getting that's the funny thing is I
0: I didn't actually know how much the towers hated before I started hanging out on Twitch and streaming yeah, myself stuff that's that. the thing I only just once, learned it yeah once you get public opinion
2: uh, in, in a vast forum like twitch then you then you work it out to be yeah. honest with you and, and this may sound was a bit of a shock I didn't know that um either towel or Skaven were hated as much as they were but you know me I like to jump in and join the uh, the, the train of son of, so, of was um, your sheep <laughs> not a shepherd
1: wait Everybody hates this.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that whole mob mentality sort of thing going on.
2: I mean, I can understand various points, but um, I've never really cared that much. Uh, now that I'm, I'm an active member on Twitch, it's kind of um, it's fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's, fun it's fun to fuel it. the
0: fire of people hating on our armies. Cheers, oh, man, Red. Don't
2: worry. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going that way soon. Once I start pulling out my when, army when you start getting your towel, yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I that will convert game, everyone to Tal. Go on, Vanilla, what are you saying? That game when we streamed it, the, the Blood Bowl game, mm. Red, Red was there, he can vouch. Literally, it was like people were rooting for me, but they weren't rooting for me to like survive. They were like, kill the Skaven, <laughs> burn him <them> with fire.
2: <laughs> they were rooting for you, Vanilla, but they were not rooting for your team. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's terrible.
1: It was great, though. It, yeah, was, it, was. Great. it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Well, talking about the armies that me and Vanilla collect, or army and team, what armies do you collect then, Fred?
2: Well, I'm mainly a 40k coiner, in case you hadn't noticed, Uh, I'm concentrating at the moment because of 8th edition I'm building a new Nid army because I've never had a uh, a Terranid army before and it's it's fun to... uh, see what changes they've brought with the, with the new edition, so I'm just diving into that at the moment. But in I've got other armies, um, the hated, almost as hated as, Necro- as as tell is the Necrons, which I have an army of, and um, before that, Space Wolves, or Space Puppies, as I like to call them. So, Space Puppies. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, to be brutally honest, my, my past record is not exactly a home run. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so... Take that as you wish, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the
1: moment i Marines. You're
2: never going to hit a home run, Marines. Well, true. Everyone yeah. loves Marines, but they they're so boring. When everyone plays Marines, no one wins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very true.
2: Uh, <laughs> when I when I picked up the hobby again, uh, I used to play years and years ago, but I picked up the hobby about uh, five years ago, and uh, I had a Space Wolf army, and my friend had a Dark Angel army. So, and they, we were the only two people who knew the played. So it was Space Marines versus Space Marines. It was the most boring 4K <laughs> games you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, growing but, up, I, I never had people to play with. I only played with, like, two people. And I knew their armies off by heart. I knew exactly how they were going to set them up. How they were going to actually try and run the battle. And it just got that's two boring, man. Yeah. Hey, so uh,
2: that's Yeah, that's all. That's, oh, you've got to mix it up. You've got to change yeah. things up. Like, I, I mean, I know at the moment I'm, I'm very focused on a swarm army for nids I know that there are weaknesses with that army like the second you don't bring guns to the table you are at a disadvantage especially if anyone someone else brings out like flyers or hides high up in terrain you've got a problem you know so I I know I'm doing this as a theme to my army but it will eventually change when I get bored of that and like I'm I'm only doing a small army at the moment which is 750 points I'm going to get to a point where I play that a couple of times I'm gonna increase the size of my army uh, and at that point I'm probably gonna break the rules slightly and start introducing some some flyers, some weapons and stuff like that, just so that I can you know, field a decent game, uh, keep it interesting and, and mix up my tactics a bit. Because you can collect all of the armies, but if you only do one thing and, and run in and attack, you are you're never gonna get the enjoyment out of the game that you are if you try and think about how certain models work with other models and develop a strategy to, to, to go with those and, and and just have fun with the game and make every game as different as you can if you lose you lose at the end of the day yeah. but you've learned something and that's that's part of the fun you don't go there i mean everyone goes into a game of 40k expecting to win but you're not there you're, you're having fun with some friends at the end of the day and this is a tournament you might as well Experiment and see what you can do and see what your army that you've got can do that they can't do and work to that and have a bit of fun.
0: No, yeah, exactly. Like, but it was boring, though, obviously, playing that thing because I knew exactly what to put myself out on the table to win every time. Mm. And it's bad, but they like, they never changed their ways. Like One of them was an Aldar player who ran the same mm. list every time, and the right. other one was Orcs, which are just, you know, Orcs versus Tau. Just, yeah. Yeah. just
1: yeah. keep yeah. shooting. <laughs> I think a lot of people get stuck on like uh, I don't want to necessarily say scared to lose. I just they, they don't want to take that loss. But there's a lot that can be taken from a loss. You, you start pinpointing weaknesses. You start uh, experimenting. Like like Brad said, you start experimenting with you know different things that you can include and bring into your army. I think the hardest game I ever played was against Space Wolves, actually. And uh, they brought a knight, and yeah. I ended up. I won that game. I won that game dramatic. My, my tiered have never lost the game. Ironically, um, but I have a small group too. So <clears throat> to be fair, and I always run the same two K list. Hang always. on a second. Hang on a second hit your, your Nids have never lost a game,
2: and your Skaven have never lost a game of Blood Bowl. I'm beginning to think you cheat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those old weighted dice that he's got in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Those oh, six? Yeah. Oh, six again? Must be Three my lucky day, boys.
1: I've, uh, I've played against Chaos Space Marines. I've played against Space Wolves. I've played against Grey Knights. And I've played against just... WYSIWYG space marines yeah. and uh, that doesn't really push the limits as a Nid player you know what I'm saying there's not yeah. a lot there to Eldar would be something I know if I go against Eldar I'm gonna struggle I'm probably gonna lose uh, Necrons same thing. Tau. No, no. no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you see um, Necrons and Tau are very similar in, in fairness um, yeah with, with with the fact that so Necrons are very shooty okay uh, yes when they die, there is a chance they'll come back to life that's awesome for, for necron players um but they, they, their, their primary focus is shooting and they are terrible at close combat there are a few i think it's the wraiths uh that are very good at close combat they're the yeah. only ones um so in, in a lot of ways they're very similar to to the Tau. I'm, you don't really arm destroyer is pretty good as well anyway
0: a, the destroyers, aren't they pretty good in close combat the, well? They're the hover ones, right? Yeah, with the, the bloke, yeah, with the yeah.
2: They're good, but they're staff. quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They're quite expensive. So you don't tend to field a lot of those. And when you do, as soon as you, as soon as you put those on the board, uh, the enemy knows that that's what they need to target on and They won't pass. Yeah. No, they yeah. get shot. Uh, I'm very sorry about that noise. One second, my air compressor just started. My <laughs> um, <laughs> airbrush is still on, sorry. <laughs> anyway, fun yeah. fact.
0: Tal and Necrons were the two choices I sort of were leaning towards when I started for, like started the hobby.
2: Well, in fairness, um, like you picked the right one because <laughs> with Tau, you've got a lot more options to to paint with yeah. than you have with with Necrons. Like everyone takes Mickey out of Necrons because they just you know slap a bit of silver on and you're done um, yeah. and you can move on. Obviously, I don't paint mine that way, and you can be creative with it. But with with Tal, you've got a lot more interesting. Uh, Built-in law. I yeah. had to make my own law for, for my Necrons, whereas you, you 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 know from your point of view you you've just got to, you can hit the ground running with pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. So, you, you, in that one respect, you pick the right army. Uh, <laughs> in that
1: one respect. I'm gonna <laughs> say that's bonus. Necrons, when you see a Tesla, like a, the, the Tesla rack, right, you know what I'm talking about. I, I'm assuming Red does he play? One Jimmy Monolith? Yeah, the Tesseract. Yeah, the Monolith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you see that hit the field, you pretty much, like, this is why I don't play Necrons. Uh, if it hits the field, it's guaranteed that thing is guaranteed to get melted. They, yeah. they know how many points you pay for it, and yeah. they know if that goes, game.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, you've got that and you've got the, the giant Monolith, I think it's called the Tesseract Core or something stupid like that, it's a big, yeah, that's... big the massive one. And yeah, people will will go in. That, that's super heavy, and to be fair, it's quite strong. It can withstand a lot. But yeah, if you're bringing something like that to the to the to the battlefield, I mean, this is the same for any army. If you've got something you know is ridiculously expensive, and you're bringing it to the table, you're using the fact that everyone knows that that's a big thing, and you're. You're, you're distracting them from what else is going on at the table. You're bringing that to distract the player, not to be the focus point of the, well, in actual fact, to be the focus point of, the, of that army, so yeah. that you can do stuff around the back without them noticing um, I, I found like a big expensive model is usually very good, especially if the um, player that you're playing against knows your army even slightly, they'll know that that's a big one and it's a problem for them, they've got to get rid of it so they will focus on that whilst you can nip off then and stick around the back, and, or whatever you're going to do, and take them out without. whilst well,
0: they're all focusing on one thing. The funny thing is, you I used to. Go on, carry on. Go on, go on carry on. No, no, Sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> so, the funny thing is, I used to do that with my towel. I used to run two hammerheads, mm-hmm. leave them at the edge of the table so everyone knew that has got a 72 inch range on that railgun. That's yeah, going to hit us if we leave this cover. Then they'd try and get close and destroy that, and I'd just have a couple of devil fishes and with like a full troop of fire warriors and a couple of stealth suits. Go around the edge, flank them from yeah. both sides.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you, the idea of a, of a tabletop game like uh, 40k is—you're is playing a strategy. You're not playing. Look at this this model. I mean, we play a different game because we we like to paint. Okay, so yeah. we have two games going on. Look at this model that I've painted. It's amazing. Okay, because that's you know that's what I'm doing when I bring it. When I bring a a model to the table, it's like, look, I've painted this and I've spent eight hours painting it and I think it looks really cool. That's one game. The other game is you're playing a strategy game. So you want to outthink the opponent. And as soon as you put down a heavy points uh, model of any kind, they're going to be focusing on that. And you can use your your grunts, if you like, to actually win the game without them even noticing what's happened. By the time they realise too late, you've won. To be it's honest, it's not even just
0: high points as well, it's it's like special characters as well. Like for Tau, obviously. I'm using Tau. I use tell in every one of my because it's all I really know. The yeah. Ferriels. If you put an Fairy L on the table, you know people are gonna aim for that straight away. Yeah. Cause obviously the leadership aura that it gives it I don't remember credit, it's been a long time since I played but yeah, it used to give plus one to something. I can't remember what it was it's, off top of
2: head. It is the same principle, and I don't necessarily mean just points. I mean like characters, any any particularly named unit or anything like that is going to take the attention away from all of the grunts that you've got, and that's yeah. kind of that's how you you play a decent game in 40k. Is if you can control the big unit or the the characters, but still maintain control over the grunts, then you're going to win mm. probably a lot better than someone who's just panicking because something big's running towards them yeah so yeah i mean that's 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 how i play for UK. and I, I i don't win all the time but i do have fun every time so that's no, the main yeah. thing
0: that is the main thing with this hobbit
1: when i went up against that knight uh actually my game plan in that game was to uh kind of counterthink him and uh i knew that he was bringing that night we turn in our list the night before so we right. both have one night to know what's going on And I immediately saw that night, and I saw that he brought a lot of puppies. So I had planned for that, fortunately. I had brought two Turbagons, a couple squads of Turbagons, and the game plan was to let the Turbagons kind of get up, tie the puppies up, and Mm -hmm. then go in on a charge with the Formagons and mail them, tear them apart. But what I'd done that made that game sway in my favor was he was banking on me focusing so hard on that night that I would forget about his minis. And yeah, I'd done the opposite. I just let the knight do its thing. I let it run around. I never targeted it. Occasionally, he'd get brave and he'd try to walk it up to his own throat. And yeah. All right, have fun with this warp lance, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much it. And he'd back yeah. it
2: off. I mean, that's the thing. There there is so many ways to win a game of 40K, especially now that you've got like objectives and, and strategies of some sort. So, it, it, we when I used to play back, back in second and third edition, the idea was to essentially table your partner. Yeah. Uh, which is a very rare occurrence these days, uh, because there's so many other ways to play the game, um, and and you know so if you can keep everyone tied up and still maintain domination of the board, maintain that domination of the board, then you've got a lot going yeah for you, and that's a skill in itself. I mean, it, it does depend who you're playing because I mean it's essentially a strategy game. You're playing a game of chess with someone. Uh, I know the people that I play quite a lot well, so I know how they think when it comes to forty k, and. Yeah, sometimes I win, sometimes I lose, but you know, it's it's all about that getting getting to that point.
0: Yeah,
1: let To be fair with you being a tower player, I give you mad props for that because we do give you shit for it. But to be honest, tower is not an easy army to play. It, no, it's not. You're you're dealing with a lot of guns. You're dealing with no close combat, and it's forcing you to constantly keep space with your opponent, and that can be tricky. So I, I give you all the props in the world. You know. Again, I think that army's broken as shit. I had to get my <laughs> shot in. But regardless, Tau players, I give you props because I know that is not an easy army
0: to that's, the, that's, that's why I always take two troops of crew with me. Whenever I do do a battle, it's always got crew in my battle list because then I keep them close to my Fire Warriors because I like to protect my Fire Warriors because they are the, the majority of my army. So I'll have them in front of them. So if someone does get that close enough to charge, They've so got, got to go through my crew. Yeah. Yeah. You've got yeah,
2: you've got this wall of uh, a wall of cannon fodder. You, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can get rid of.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's good. You you have got that option, which is which is uh, probably the only option, sponge wise, that you've got for a, a tower army. But um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, uh, there's a, there's also the option of like obviously gun drones, mm. like troops of gun oh, drones, because yeah. they are really cheap for what they are, right. and they do okay. they do put out good AP as well.
1: Yeah. The points turn around is what makes them worth it. Generally, when you when you bring those drones to the table, they're going to cover their, their spread on your on your points and, yeah. and get it back for you.
0: Yeah. It's just like that's more of the swarm sort of ideology where you have lots of little guns that attack shitloads. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's even the same. You can put them in front and they'll be able to soak up all the damage for your fire warriors and then you can crack on
2: exactly i mean that's the advantage of it when i was playing uh necrons uh, you, you can get uh, necron warriors dirt cheap dirt cheap, yeah. and you can feel quite a lot of them and they can fire twice or oh, they, they they have rapid fire sorry so they can fire to- twice within a certain range um and their transport ships which were amazing because they're open which meant they could all fire out and they uh, all of the transport ships have an array of weapons which fire like 10 um yeah or five from each side i think uh rapid fire so 10 from each side and then all of your units inside can fire as well um so it was just at that point like you just move these transport ships around and, and you you're a pat or yeah. king at that point as soon as you get into close combat you, you you're no chance you're screwed uh you, you have to you have to build an army and i think actually tower worse. Uh, sorry uh, uh, necrons are worse than tower in that respect we don't really have any sponges uh that that can do close combat there
0: are the few uh don't uh, pariahs have close combat
2: yeah we've got pariahs and we've got um i can't remember what they're called but we've got um pariahs can also be like if you buy a kit of Pariahs, you can make them into something else and i can't remember what they are but and they're good but they're really expensive yeah um they, they've got the, like the shields and the swords and stuff like that and they're they're really good close combat but they're very expensive um, so if you want a close combat army of, of necrons you've got to pay for that and you're gonna have yeah. a lot less so you need the sponge you need the firepower and in, in that case it's the opposite of what you were saying if you want to cl- concentrate on close combat you've got to have a sponge wall of shooting uh, and have your
1: close combat protected at all times so yeah it, it's, it's kind of the opposite in that, that regard but yeah. you can I mean, have very limited options doesn't Necrons kind of bank on that the uh, one guy, I can't remember what he's called, but he carries the life orb that so, you put in the unit and he gives everybody reanimate. Necron, Lord. Necron Lord. Well,
2: we got, you've got a Necron Lord, but they, um, um, units themselves have, uh, like Necron Warriors have reanimate protocols, which means they can come back from the dead. If they're near the Necron Lord, that is pro- an improved chance of coming back from the dead. Yeah, um, that's what it was and you can you can still improve that well sorry uh, i don't know for 8th edition but in 7th edition you can improve that again i think uh, at some point you could get it to a three plus um resurrection which meant essentially half the time you were going to for every unit you died half of them were going to come back yeah uh, which meant you were just waves and waves of of necrons that would never never die and a a lot of the necron units have a, a reanimation protocol built in pretty much everything except the vehicles We have uh, living metal, uh, which is a different uh, strat, but they just regenerate wounds or something crazy like that. So they were really good from that that regard. They are quite heavy, but it was quite easy to kill them. Their saves were terrible. Um, Not as bad as Nid's. Nid's can't save for shit, it turns (laughs) out. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the the thing I'm worried about in my my swarm army. I've got a lot of hormogons and their save is something like five, maybe even six plus, yeah. So yeah. Maybe they'll die, but that's why I'm bringing lots of them. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think another model that's really good as far bang for their buck, uh, reference to Tyranids again. I, I honestly think that the bio four uh, is one model that is just unbelievable for its uh, cost.
2: Refresh my memory because I've been concentrating on all the um, all of the Tyranids that don't have guns. So, the BioVore is the one that shoots out Bio
1: Spores. Is that right? Yeah, BioVore shoots out the uh, Spore cyst, The little. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why I say this is because you get rewarded whether you hit or you miss. If you miss, you roll a D6. I'm sorry, you roll a D3. And you place D3 Spore Mines underneath nice. the template. And with the Barrage Special Rule, being able to flip the template from there on out with your squad, the rest of your squad of BioVores you can stack those four mines and then for every every extra one that's in that pack, the damage goes up. The, the AP or the strength. Mm. And uh, none I'd of those re- units... Go on. I, I'd oh, no. be
2: really interested to see how that works with 8th edition where they've got rid of all the templates. Yeah. They, I, I, I'm, I'm curious as how they, they'll build that in, but sorry, go on. What were you, you, you going to say?
1: The, the cool thing about that is you can start putting those out turn one and there's a special rule for those forces that they do not reward victory points or whatever. They, you get no points for killing those squads. They do not right. count. So yeah. it's free units. You get them yeah, for free. Yeah.
2: So they've changed a lot of rules with the 8th edition. Um, uh, for any Chaos players among you, um, any spawned Chaos Demons, you have to buy beforehand, points-wise, so if you're bringing a game of a uh, 1,000 points, you have to include anything that you may spawn onto the table beforehand. Uh, so included in that 1,000 points is your, your demons that you're spawning. Um, with Nids, uh, there is a particular unit, and I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, that will spawn out Tormagants, um, and I think you have to pay for anything that that spawns out beforehand, so you can only spawn them into the game if you've paid for that in points beforehand. Well, which choose. There Which, goes my Turbogon. It will <laughs> no longer to be used. <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100% on with, with the Nids one because again, I've been not looking into those. But um, I, from what I was reading, it most of the armies that, that rely on spawning new units, not necessarily, uh, the, yeah, spawning new units, um, will be treated as reserves. So you have to pay for them before the game starts.
3: Ah. I could.
2: I could be completely wrong on this, but that's what I've read so far, and I. I and what I've seen in a few games just as 8th was coming out, so it does change things up a little bit, especially if you're a um, well, if you're any player that relies on anything coming in
0: like spawned in. Yeah. That would like change the way he's played good. as well. Each army's mm-hmm. gonna change.
1: That That's completely that, that kind of, in my opinion, that kind of makes uh, Tyranids uh, kind of bottom tier and I don't know what they've done to balance that out, but uh, Tyranids rely on numbers and... Yes, they do. Yeah with Having to pay for those numbers and not just getting the free spawn ins with the possibility of, of spawning out. Yeah, I don't know about that. <sighs> yeah, you, you, you'll have to read the um, the index
2: for um, Tyranids and because you, you you played in the previous edition of forty k. So I, I've got I'm coming into this fairly new because I've never played with Tyranids before. That's, uh, as a new rule book comes out, I tend to start a new army, uh, and this was the one that I went to because I liked the look of the. The Gene Sealers and the Swarm, uh, and the, uh, the Brood Lord and the Swarm Lord uh, working together quite well. Uh, and there, there were certain things that dragged me in, and a lot of people are saying at the moment that Nids have been given a lot of uh, hatred by Games Workshop in the past, and this edition seems to balance that quite well. So, whilst you may have lost the um, additional spawn ins, maybe, again, you'd have to check that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm 100% correct on it, you may make up for that elsewhere. Um, from what I've seen, they seem to be quite a powerful army
0: yeah. to fill. Yeah,
2: this. yeah, you'll have to. Well, I mean, it's a new edition of the rules. You're going to have yeah. to redo the list set anyway. Yeah, you know, points change, things change. Uh, the one thing I will say is, I, I mean, I can't remember what they were for um, previous editions, but um, the gene stealers are cheap, like ten points each. That's uh, a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, and they, and you can fill them in quite large numbers now, and they are beasts they still have their invulnerable save of five plus so that's great they come in they, 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 they are meant to be like the the main sort of uh troop if you like the infantry unit of that of of that army um and then you you bulk them up with nids uh, with um and tolergons just to to sponge basically to keep yeah. your uh, gene Stealers alive
0: fair enough fair enough uh, Everything is going to change over Vape, like the whole meta has changed. I haven't looked much into it myself, but from what I'm hearing, everything's different.
2: Yeah. And and to be fair, a lot of the changes they've made are changes that make sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, like it, it, even down to the core rules where a like a cover save is a modifier on your original save rather than anything else. That, Rather than saying oh, I can choose between an armor save or a cover save, now it's just okay. I get an extra. Uh, I get to take one away or add one to my score when I roll, so it improves my save.
3: Yeah, it kind of makes sense from better.
2: a yeah. It kind of makes sense from a mechanics point of view. And a lot of the, a lot of the changes that they've done in this version, they've really cut out a lot of the crap that they don't need. They've put in something that. Well they put in lots of things that just seem to make sense if you were there in that battle, like actually in that battle, it would make sense. That's the way you do it. Like whereas before when you charge into close combat it would be the person with the highest initiative would attack first. Now if you charged in, you're attacking first. And okay. then the opponent's. That's how that should have been from yeah. the beginning though. Exactly. I mean, but... that makes sense. You know, you're charging in, you're going in with your weapons ready, you should be attacking first. Uh, and so yeah, those sort of changes make sense. They've done a lot to balance it. I, I don't necessarily know if it's perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm yet to play a proper game of eighth edition. I've played a couple of test games with some friends, but nothing serious. Uh, I, th- I think largely I'm really happy with what they've done. So probably one of the best editions uh, of 40K for a long time,
0: so. Yeah, uh, well, that's good. Obviously you need to progress the hobby to make people interested, especially with the thinner rule book as well. Like back when I started, the rule book was like three inches bloody thick Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't think anybody actually read it. It was no, always on the side of the table.
2: Exactly, it was always on the side of the table and it would always be okay, I'm gonna do this, right, I need to look up this rule. I need to look up this rule and, and now, I mean, the, the core rules of 40k are free. You can download them off of their website, you don't need anything else. You can just download them and play a game. The more advanced rules like your uh, deployments, uh, and your strategies. That you need to buy. The rule so, or you yeah. need to buy the, the, co- the index for and uh, and progress from there. Yeah, exactly, the, these ones, I mean.
0: Well, I yeah, thought... you're you them on video. We're not doing video anymore, remember?
1: <laughs> so oh, you just said put... you were gonna do timestamps though. Uh, this is just an example real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Yeah. These are the micros. This is the collector's edition for seventh edition. Uh, it's got the ribbons to like mark your pages. Mm. But still look at how thick that is. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is a micro version. Same thing with the Tyranids book. So like, if you stack these together, okay, now you got your army and the rules, but what about the other guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even for a I mean, micro, I mean, like, holy shit. You're looking at, you're looking at a, a book there that is essentially three inches thick, and,
2: and no one's going to read through that. I mean, a lot of that is um, lore and, and, and background story that you don't necessarily need for the game. Yeah. Which just makes it harder to find the bits that you do need during a game. Exactly. Um, what they've been quite good at is releasing digital versions of it and so you can, if you've got an iPad, you can search and play, uh, look up a rule quite easily, but they're really expensive. Uh, so th- with this edition, with 8th edition, as I said, the core rules are free, yeah. you can just download them off the Games Workshop's website the more advanced rules yes you pay for but there's not much in there you're looking at your, your strategies your your command points and how to use them the different uh, scenarios that you can play and, and a lot of these uh, tactical objectives that you're going to be going for but I, if you want to have fun with a friend you can pick up a couple of boxes of whatever army you want and download a free version of the game yeah uh, 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 read that and play along and in the rules yourself you know See, make them up the
0: digital side to... is better as well sorry for cutting you off no. i didn't mean to i thought you was coming to close on no, the I,
2: I talk a lot you're, you're right to cut me off yeah. don't worry
0: <laughs> but like with it being digital as well that that pr- that makes it a lot easier on another aspect like the old rule book the layout was shite sh- 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 sh-
1: it was shit in 7th it was absolute shit I don't care
2: what anybody says I'm going to be honest with you it was shit in 3rd and 2nd which is when I was playing originally that's when Uh, I started playing 3rd and and I was what 15 uh, 14, 15 you know at that point I didn't care I was going through this book and it's uh, no no, it was terrible now it's two pages it's two pages of core rules and if you can master those or if you can't master those you've probably got a problem (laughs) but you you know you can play a game
0: really easy but it's like even like the reference stuff in the old rule book. like you was looking up a rule, and like you had your codex open next to you if you didn't know all of your stats off by heart. So he was looking up the AP, then you had to go to the back of the rule book to find out what you needed to roll, and then you had to check with your guys to see like the stats to actually like get the reference chart to actually be able to figure out what you need to roll. And it was just a ball ache.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was lucky enough to play with friends that I trusted and had memorised all the rolls that you needed, so if I had, uh, I don't know, ballistic, ballistic skill is an easy one, you just subtract your ballistic skill from 7 in 7th edition, it's really easy, but for the rest of it, like close combat, it it, it confused the hell out of me, Um, but my friend had memorised it and I trusted him well enough that I could play a game with him and he could tell me what I needed to roll, now it's much easier, you know, it's just, okay, if he's the same as you, you've got to roll this, if he's higher than you you've got to roll this if he's double your you then okay you've got to roll this and that's fine I can work that out yeah. you know it's it's sim- a simple rule it's a simple equation that you do in your head yeah he's tougher than me okay great well he's tougher than my weapon uh, okay great I'll, I'll, I know what to roll
0: yeah it's like that was sort of what majorly put me off actually playing the game mm. is the amount of rules you had to learn and everything you have to try and figure out on the fly I I hated sitting down with the rulebook.
2: You're not alone in that. A lot of people were put off by just looking
1: at the manual. Yeah, that's why I went to Blood Bowl. Like literally, yeah, yeah. it it was a blessing in disguise because I love Blood Bowl. I'm I'm thankful I picked that game up. Like that's my game. Yeah, Yeah, but that's that's the whole reason that came about because if I want to play Blood Bowl, I just buy the current season rulebook. Everything's Mm. in there. Get a pitch. You're ready to play. Exactly.
0: The the other thing as well, it weren't just the size of the rulebook. It was the cost. Mm. Obviously, yeah, like, f- for the UK, it was £60 when I started yeah. playing. Just for the rule book? Just for the rule book. Yeah. And it, every time I went to the shop, they were trying to sell me it. Every time yeah. about fail, they were like, oh, have you got the latest copy of the rule book? No. <laughs> Do you want it? It's only 60 <laughs> quid. No. <laughs> Go away.
2: And, that, and that's, that's why a lot of people get into this, just to paint. Yeah. yeah a lot of people paint because it's very expensive to play a game mm. you know I mean don't get me wrong painting is expensive it's not cheap and in fact now it's actually probably more expensive than playing the game itself you, you still need to buy the models you still need to buy the paints and you need the time investment yeah if you want to play a game now compared to 10 years ago all you need to do is buy the models and turn up with yeah. a free rule book and you, you're essentially good at an index of your army which, which were remarkably cheap you know so you, you just turn up and you can play a game. Back then, there was no chance of that. You had to spend yeah. 60 quid on the rule book. You had to then find your codex Twelve. 20 quid a Yeah, 20 quid. Uh, yeah. Well, well, when, I, when, when I was playing, it was 20 quid because they were all in hardback rather than yeah. like paperback books. Uh, yeah, no, so it, it gets very expensive very quickly.
0: Yeah, worst so thing, used, it was um, get, 12 pound when I was templates. So, like, oh yeah, yeah you gotta
2: buy your templates. I, I Most put, made it. Um, most made well, templates yeah. most made i mean cuz in the rule book it had a, a, a page with the templates on and you yeah. could uh, you could trace around them and, and make your own templates quite easily or you could buy them yeah. uh, I, I must admit in in second edition i bought the box set that came out and that had everything in it but that was expensive i can't even, my dad paid for that when i was given i was a kid you know yeah. so he, he paid for that and i had all i needed to get started and that came with Orcs and space marines and I didn't like the orcs, so they never got put together. And so I had a team of space marine.
0: That that was the first box that I saw that actually made me think I wanted to start doing this. Yeah. Because my mate's dad bought him that set. It was it's like the Battle for Macridge or something, isn't it? It's something like that. Yeah yeah. 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 He bought him that for Christmas one year because his son because he like his he'd been doing it for years, mm. and he wanted to get his son into it, so he bought him that set and. Um, it was the first models I actually put together because me and him sat there because we were best mates, so I stayed around his like a couple of days after Christmas, mm. and we just started putting the models together and figuring out. And then like we both got hooked, but then that set just got the left because it was pretty shitty set. So. It
2: was, yeah. And, and went, pushed, I went, I to went He went older. Plastic, yeah. 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 As soon as you got the idea, like it, all it took was that initial investment, you got the idea of what you wanted, and all of a sudden there were much more beautiful armies out
0: there. Yeah. Well, i thing, like, you get that and you... That first one we got, it was the first look into the world of Warhammer and into the actual army. So we'd only known about these two armies while we were putting it together. Yeah, and then we went into Games Workshop one Sunday and did the beginner day. I don't yeah. know if you have that in America. Um, no, we don't. But in the UK, especially at the store that I live by, which is the Coventry store, they used to have a beginner day on a Sunday. So um, you used to go in, they... This is... The one thing I commend Games Workshop on, it's the only thing I would commend them on, in the store anyway.
3: <laughs>
0: but you used to go in there and if it was your first time playing, you didn't have an army, you just wanted to like look at the armies, see what they were like, and then learn a bit of the rules. They used to lend you armies, fully painted. That okay, so you, you, you
2: had a very different experience from me. Uh, I would go into a Games Workshop and... Uh, okay, two two stories. Like if you were a beginner, they would happily like the guys behind the counter would play a game with you using the armies that were on the table. Yeah. Okay. If you were an experienced player, you weren't allowed to play. The tables were only for beginners. No matter what time of the week you went in, you couldn't play in games workshop. You had to find your own way to play. It wouldn't let you play at all. So, yeah, that really annoyed me when I was younger because I'd obviously, obviously played a couple of games and I wasn't very good at it and I was struggling to find people to play with. So, at that point, I just delved into the painting side. Yeah. But, um, it, 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 to be honest with you, that's put me off going into a Games Workshop even now. There's a couple of hobby stores around where I am that organise games themselves and they sell uh, Games Workshop models and they sell them slightly cheaper than Games Workshop. So I go in there and I buy my stuff and I play with them because they're much more accommodating to me. Whereas I've always felt kind of ostracised when I go into a Games Workshop shop. That's or, really sorry, a Warhammer shop
0: now. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's really weird because the one that I go to, there's you walk into the store and there is like a there's two tables as soon as you walk in, which are like display tables. Yeah. So they've got like the Lord of the Rings set set up on one. In I can't remember which one it's. I think it's the mine one where they have the big goblin. Yeah. So a big yeah, yeah. troll. So, um, in Lord yeah, of rings. the they Lord of Rings, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they have that set up, yeah. They have that set and then they have a 40k table just behind that. And then mm. at the back of the store, they've got this a big table. and Every Sunday, beginners could just go in, lend an army for the day, learn to play. You'd play like four games, so mm. you'd do like two games with like different armies each, go away for an hour to go get something to eat, and then you'd go back in and play with two nice. different armies so you sort of got a feel for which army you liked better which one you liked the better look of that's like that's yeah. what helped me go for Tau.
2: Yeah okay that's, that, that That to me sounds a lot better than the experience I had when I was in the Game Workshop. Yeah. But I mean both of us are in a better situation than say uh, Vanilla is because like uh, you go into a Games Workshop and you're never gonna find a game of Blood Bowl in there. No yeah.
1: yeah. Where we live first of all both of your all's experiences both the bad like the pros and the cons already top anything here uh, where, where i live uh, blood bowl warhammer that community is almost non-existent yeah and the other thing is when you go to games workshop and you try to play uh if you're not part of the click you yeah. you're just shoved away um, yeah exactly
2: yeah
1: i've been t- like you guys you guys watch me paint on stream that that store Told me that basically I was shit. I couldn't paint. Um, they then they turned around and put my model in a display. Funny story about that. Um, they 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 you you try to ask anything and they talk down on you like, oh, like you that, don't know what you're doing. That's like,
0: the same over here. Don't worry, that is the same yeah, in every yeah. game workshop I've ever been into.
1: They're there to talk down to you.
0: They talk down to you and they try to sell you stuff. That's the two mm-hmm. things.
1: No, this store is bullshit man I'm telling you they're assholes man I, I don't even go there can I like, ask I where, um, how far that, that store is so your nearest store from you my nearest, nearest store is about 25 minutes away I okay. live in Indiana it's located uh, pretty deep into Louisville mm-hmm. um, so it, it's not like a, a crazy far drive by no means no it's it, 25 minutes for me to be honest with you so that's that's quite good mine's but,
0: 25 uh, minutes on the bus but it, like mine's in the city centre thingy mm-hmm. so it's just one bus there so i don't drive yeah. at the moment so
1: yeah that dude, that environment there's toxic man it really oh, yeah. is that's obviously that just I... kind of pushed me into blood bowl like this... blood bowl is such an open community man and everybody's super nice they, they like helping you they like making you better because then they get to play better games it's not like that with 40k they just want to like yeah. fucking mangle you and tear you apart and be like oh you suck keep sucking
0: Disclaimer, this this is obviously from our own personal experiences. We're not here on all of Games Workshop, this is just what we've experienced.
2: Absolutely, but they are all the same. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But but what you're saying is true. Like, I was. When I restarted the hobby about five years ago, it was my friend at work. I was walking around work and I saw he was looking at the Games Workshop. Uh, a web page um, and choosing models and I was like oh do you play and carried on Uh, but he tried to get me back into it and I was like no there's no way I'm going to go back into a games workshop it was toxic it was horrible Uh, my experience was toxic and horrible I don't want to go back into that he's like oh I don't we don't go into a games workshop there's a hobby store around the corner and they organise stuff and we can rent a table and we can play games there I was like okay and I went there and it's an open community it's very very friendly and it's very relaxed and there's none of that so that was the point where I was like okay I'm happy to go here uh, and I'm happy to play games Yeah. so I can I can bring this hobby back into my life uh, but again you're right I mean our experiences might albeit, differ from someone else yeah might very well will differ from someone else I was speaking to a guy I was at a wedding um, last year and there was a, a middle aged guy a really nice guy he painted uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit miniatures and he had a he's got a uh, a blog that he posts so many paints with his uh grandson uh and they, it's just a, a you know it's a hobby for them yeah and they, and they, it came up in conversation he asked well, i was in coventry and he said where's the nearest games workshop shop and uh i said it's just literally behind us we're in a we were next to cathedral games workshop yeah uh, yeah, pretty much and uh, we, we carried on the conversation from there and, and I am still in contact with him He sends me pictures of his models and I send him pictures of his and he's got absolutely no problem walking into a games workshop and having a conversation with the people there and that's, uh, that's the Coventry one that you were talking about So obviously people's experiences do change see, uh, or, or, or are different from each
0: other See that's the thing, Like Coventry is very hit and miss, there is one guy in there who I like who I will stand around with and have a conversation for uh, like an hour easily about models, everything like that. And he was there when I first started the hobby. So he's been there for however many years it's been. And obviously me coming back to the hobby recently, it's only been about three or four weeks that I've actually been back to the hobby. So I walked in there my first, like for my first time in so many years and he recognized me. Yeah. And, and obviously I've grown a lot yeah. older changed a lot and he recognized me and we sat there and we and talked about it he's still there yeah
2: he's still there <laughs> yeah.
0: but like he recognized me and we sat there and we had a chat for about half an hour about like what i'd been doing for my life because like he was the one who did the beginner days mm. so he is oh, probably okay. the one dude in games workshop like, i've been in quite a few like every time i go away i used to go into there as a kid anyway i used to look for where the nearest games workshop was to where i was going to stay and um, in every every store there's, they've always trying to push something onto me and sell me yeah, something cool. as soon as I walk through the door. And that's what well, I hate about most of it. I think that's part of their job description. I think they have to. I, I yeah, mean, but... and,
2: I, and I can't necessarily blame the individuals for that or even the shop for that as a management thing. Um, but one point that you raised there was very interesting. You, you say you've been collecting for what, three or four weeks?
0: Yes, yeah, recently, yeah.
2: yeah. Se- recently, yeah. so you've still got time to change from town. yeah? Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I haven't, because I was collecting town when I first you're started.
2: hugely if you're only four weeks in.
0: <laughs> I am, because it's... Well, I started Tao basically on release, so... Right,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: you
3: know. Yeah. I'm when I got yeah. that
1: moment, man, When, I, like, finally when... When they asked for my model to be on display i was like all right i made some leeway i thought that i was going to be welcome with open arms uh that still didn't happen and they were still bad mouthing me at that store again it's the click it's not really games workshop it's the clicks in games workshop and then once Forge world grabbed my miniature and featured it on there i had that moment where i went back in there and was like yeah to all of you how many of you have been on here and yeah, noticed exactly. that n- nobody's hands was raised and I just walked out, <laughs> dropped the mic right now. <laughs> oh. drop, uh,
2: what made you, back in when they first got released, pick uh, Town as your army?
0: <laughs> that killed right. you to say that, didn't it? <laughs> just the name <laughs> killed you. I, I saw Mate, the lump in your I, throat I, as you were about to say it.
2: Great, what part of the greater good appealed to you? <laughs>
0: Honestly, yeah. <laughs> this, this is my main thing. This is my main thing for Hate and Tell. When it was first released, I saw a, a massive way they could go with the Tell. Mm. With obviously, they had crew, best bids, yeah. there was Givessa around, obviously, Imperial Guard who'd joined the Greater Good. But they could have opened that avenue up so much.
2: They had a lot of options open to them, but they didn't take them.
0: Yeah, it, that's, that's why I hate the tower to be honest because it is it's one of those armies that had a lot of um, what's the word a lot of my mind's gone blank now
2: <laughs> like, like, vanilla's cracking up because it's like <laughs> You, you say no, you hate I, the towel, yet you still play them. No, yeah, but it, <laughs> it's just. It's like a love
0: hate relationship. You're literally cracking him up.
2: I, it, it, it may have been my facial expression when you said you hate them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a love hate relationship, though, because, like, it is. They had so much. I'm trying to potential. think of the word. Potential, that's Dependent. the word. Yeah, 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 they had so much potential. Bro, we speak
3: English, don't
2: worry. And G- <laughs> Games
0: Workshop just threw him into the ground and said, yeah, have some Vespid and some crew. Yeah. that would
2: do ya. So I left... Um, the original time that I was playing 40k, I left... Pl- I stopped playing just before the Tau came out. I didn't know anything about them. The first... Um, the first interaction I had with Tau as a team was playing Dawn of War and one of the Ooh. expansions for Dawn of War. Soulstorm. Uh, and, and I really liked Tau at that point because like, all these maps coming in, it's great. When I saw some of the... Um, codexes and the story behind it did you guys ever play Commander and Conquer red alert mm-hmm. when you were younger no there's yeah. a no from vanilla and there's a yes from uh, from inequity so with with red alert the first two games were really good and then they brought out the third one which a lot of people like and this is just personal preference i didn't like they introduced two new armies um one of them being essentially the chinese they were they were Far Eastern, or The Rising Sun, I think they were called. Yeah. And to me, it seemed just a little on the nose, and a little bit... Uh, they were the ones who could mind control dolphins, I think. It was, it was very strange. Their the, the whole story went way out the window. Yeah. Um, but I saw a lot of similarities between them and and the Tau. And it was, to, to me, uh, because I've been playing Dawn of War, this was around the same time, I didn't realise the Tau had been out for a lot longer than that. And I just saw that as as like a we need to get an army in that represents this because yeah. red alert is a popular game um and and that that's completely wrong i realise that the timelines are completely out but for me i i, I always see towers just slightly racist games workshop <laughs> trying to be yeah uh, introduced like big mechs this has got to be the the far eastern uh,
0: sort of gundammy sort of yeah exactly
2: yeah. Uh, which is fine if it's done well and I don't think they necessarily did it particularly well uh, so at that point I was like yeah maybe maybe this isn't an army for me but That's the thing, it's a little on the nose so it's a-
0: talking <laughs> about dawn of war they were literally one of my favorite games growing up like even throughout the break of me stopping collecting and painting and all that I still played dawn of war
2: so I was at uni when dawn of war came out and at that point I was like Okay, I like real-time strategy games. I like Command and Conquer. I like Red Alert. I'm going to down- download this this game and uh, play it. The second I downloaded it, started playing it, playing it. This is at a time where you couldn't legally download games. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I like this game. I'm going to go out and buy this uh, and and spend the-, the the little money that I had on buying it because I played that constantly. It was a fantastic representation of of you know, the universe. Best. Yeah, the 40k yeah, universe. Have exactly. so you ever, you ever
0: played Dawn of War? And- Vanilla. No,
1: I'm I'm an X
0: guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Dawn of War is though? Do you? Yeah, I do know yeah.
1: what it is. I've actually
0: saw it play on Twitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's me. Like, I, I actually still play it today. Like the yeah, old, yeah, the yeah. old school the, ones. The not, not, not two or three. though. Like, I've, I've looked into two and three. And they just look mm. boring.
2: They're not. They're not the same. No. They're not the same. It's not. You, you know, this is a real time strategy game, and, and they've changed it along the way. But to me, to be honest with you, like as a computer games player and a 40k player, the original uh, and the sequel, to be fair, StarCraft were the best 40k games that were ever made. And originally, and I don't know whether you were aware of this, but originally Blizzard were making a 40k game and Games Workshop pulled out at the last minute and they released it as StarCraft, changing up. because you had the Space Marines, you had the Eldar and you had the the, uh, Tyranids. Uh, and they got renamed to uh, Terran, uh, Protoss, and uh, the. I can't remember what the uh, third one is for uh, just Starcraft. But um, yeah, essentially, they're, they're, they're the three characters they were going to have. And they did spectacularly well. And in my opinion, still the best 40k game that ever got released on a PC. Yeah. So. It's like. Dawn of, Dawn of War was a fantastic realization of the universe. I think the gameplay was better in Starcraft. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. That's been
0: like. Even. Going from the tabletop to Dawn of War, they did it in a great fashion as well. Yeah. But like obviously it were not turn-based, but I think that added the extra aspect that made it different to the tabletop version of the game.
2: Exactly. Just because we we, we can only play 40k in in a turn-based game, you know, it wouldn't work if it was free-for-all doing yeah. what you want to do. Of course it wouldn't. The advantage you've got with the video game is it can be real time.
3: Yeah. You
2: know so yes it's not turn-based and that's not necessarily a bad thing uh don't get me wrong i'm a big x fan as well i like a turn-based strategy game but they bring different things to the table yeah you couldn't have a XCOM game that dealt with hundreds of units
1: oh yeah absolutely not because no it would
2: take too long
0: same um, with like even civilization that series yeah you couldn't have that many units. Even then, like, if I play that, I struggle keeping up with all of mine. You
2: don't. I mean, the ma- the maximum you really have in a, in a Civ game is probably 20 to 30 units. Yeah. And the, you they your main that's your main army. Uh, you, you don't have um, massive collections of, of individual models that you have to move around, which yeah. you would have to do if you did an XCOM-style game of 40k. Uh, so it couldn't work that way. So I think a real-time strategy really works for... For that thing yeah. um, they've had some blunders in the past um, so yeah they made some real blunders in the past they've made released loads of them um, games games Workshop have released loads of video games uh, up until dawn of war none of them were particularly good in any way shape or form uh, i think you had warhammer shadow of the horned rat which people liked back in the 90s um, but it wasn't a particularly Involved game for
0: Warhammer game. The thing that I hated about all those games before Dawn of War was it was mm. Space Marines. That was it.
2: No, this is a Warhammer. This is originally like Shadow of the Horned Rat. No, yeah, Fantasy.
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm on about like the 40k sort of genre. If you know what I mean. Their blunders right. for me it was always it was always based around Space Marines. Well,
2: Space Marines were the poster boy. You know, it was yeah. it, it had to be the poster boy because it was the only it was where humanity was going to be in 40,000 years time. So they yeah. had that as a uh, the only connection to our real world if you like I,
0: to be honest i thought imperial guard was more yeah like no,
2: you're probably right actually but uh, like from, from my point of view I, I i i'm pretty sure most people just ignore the imperial guard until yeah. recently yeah um like because space marines were so pre- prevalent um the imperial guard are now getting their their, their new codex uh, they've either got it now or they're getting it very soon i can't remember uh, and let's hope that they've got some new interesting miniatures in that, But the only thing really going for the Imperial Guard, in my opinion, is they've got lots of tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their, their cavalry, their, their infantry is is not 40k. It's
0: it's modern day army.
2: It's modern day army trying to be 40k, and it's like, come on guys, we've had 40,000 years <laughs> to develop, or yeah, we, we've had 40,000 years to develop an army, and you're still running around in in camo gear and t-shirts it's just yeah. no i'm sorry it doesn't work yes i love your tanks but your your infantry just doesn't fit no so, yeah. uh, th- th- this has always been my problem with, with imperial guard but i've, I've, I've always that...
0: thought that imperial guard was just put into it to sort of entice people actually doing modern day armies and stuff like that
2: see yes maybe uh i i think i think imperial guard were brought in because of the other big hit that they had which was um, Space Hulk which was Gene Sealers and Terminators basically just walking around but Gene sealers became their own thing where they had cults and they could infect humans and you needed some way of differentiating between an infected human uh, and a space marine of some sort Uh, and and Imperial Guard came around the same sort of time Uh, and I I really liked the idea of whilst I really hate Imperial Guard uh, especially their infantry Gene Sealer cults were an amazing addition that you could yeah. have and play that army and then just you could take their stuff and use it and make it look really cool because now you're infected aliens so that to me made more sense but the imperial guard themselves really didn't and there's, there's a reason why it's only imperial guard that get infected by the gene sealers uh, or the gene sealer cults is because they're the ones without any bloody armor <laughs> they're just sitting around getting infected they've got <laughs> worse, worse
0: armor than tom
2: well yeah yeah, but the, this is the thing. You've picked Tao, which we hate on, we, everybody hates on Tau, even though we like Tau secretly deep down. There you go, I yeah. said it just once for
0: you. I'm going to clip that for the podcast. So I'm yeah, just going to play that over time. and over again on my on my stream next time he's yeah. in there.
2: <laughs> do that. Everybody secretly loves Tau because everyone likes big robots. There's nothing wrong with that. Imperial Guard, people just don't think about. It's forgotten. People forget about them. At least with Tau, they've got a reason to hate. <laughs> You know? Yeah. People remembered them and they say, oh, the big robots, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And they hate on it for that. But no one remembers anything to do with Imperial Guard. Because Im- they just, no one plays
0: them. Imperial Guard know. is the vanilla ice yeah. cream. No offense, Not vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Easy. <laughs> but it is, though. It's the vanilla ice cream. It's that safe choice that it's just there,
1: it's bland can we just include in there that when you guys are referencing that that you are speaking of astra militarum for those of them that oh, sorry, don't know yes. yeah look at yeah.
2: Archaged... Uh, yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah yeah sorry not imperial guard anymore are they because they got split sm- yeah. um that that's as- what what was it called again astra militarum there we go Thank okay you. Yeah. i still don't know imperial what I do anyone born in the 80s <laughs> i was
0: born in the 90s
1: really oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, mean, I always knew of them as Imperial Guard uh, what actually happened was somebody was like I'm going to play my astro Militarum and I was like you're going to play what? what the fuck is that from? and they're like these guys and I was like oh
0: Imperial Guard
1: they got a new name <laughs>
0: I still, I, that is a new thing to me now I've only just learned that they had a new name to be
2: no, I, you always called them imperial Guard. yeah look will you you were right you were right because um the, the new name is, which i can't even remember is terrible
1: <laughs> yeah i got the codex back there the yeah. little mini codex you guys know i got a, like a massive collection and uh, yeah i don't really think giving them a new name changed anything it was mm. more like oh you polished the turd, <laughs> you know, <a> turd. <laughs> yeah. I, I will be i will be very shocked if they don't do something um they're bringing
2: out the codex so let's see we may be completely wrong by the time this podcast goes out or by the time a couple of months have passed they may be really good
0: but i yeah. doubt i well, really uh, doubt what okay. direction would you take the imperial, well, whatever you want to call it imperial guard forward yeah. to make them better and make them more enjoyable to play and more memorable
1: They've gotta have fucking like, power armor, period.
0: Well, they've got period to have some
2: for, yeah. they've gotta have some sort of armor rather than walking around in t shirt. Like, they all walk around like Arnold Schwarzenegger out of Predator, <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you know what <laughs> I would I'd give them? What's that? Joe Avatar, the, the I movie. I know,
2: I know. It's gonna be mechs, isn't
1: it? No, Joe you know Avatar, mechs, the movie, yeah. Yes, I know. I knew it. I knew it. Dude, we already have those. Fucking uh, Grey Knights have, have those mechs that's grey knights it's either grey knights or dark angels that have those mechs with the guy in the front No, like, uh, you're, you're thinking of
2: the um uh the the mechs from uh the matrix movies uh, which the grey knights have like the, the, yeah sit down ones they, the, the, yeah they're directly ripped from matrix what what uh turk's talking about is probably the the flyers from A- avatar right the flyers? What do you mean the flyers? The flyers. The, 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 uh, the almost helicopter type gunships that they come in and Oh no, I,
0: I meant the actual, like, the like in the last fight scene where it's between the guy with the scar down his face and... Oh yeah, yeah. Like, he smashes the thing in and he's starting starts choking. Oh, the, okay, that so one. Like the power armor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, those mechs are already really cool. There's not enough of them, to be honest. Uh, at, you know, Red knew exactly what I was talking about there. Uh, that would be a really cool addition. That would be a way to like kind of throw them more, more brute strength, mm. without having to be like have these knockoff space marines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. off uh, space marines
1: is what they are. Well, that's it's the thing though. Which... I, I was thinking that
0: because it'd bring them more into the 40,000 year. Yeah. It's not just guns and camouflage. No,
2: no. But we've got a human race, uh, which is genetically involved to become space marines yeah okay so why do we need the um, I'm sorry I'm gonna call them Imperial Guard because I honestly can't remember their new name Um, why do we need those we've got a human race they are the space marines. yes they're in power armor and you can't see them but as soon as you they, they take their helmets off you can tell they're humans yes okay they're seven foot tall genetically modified super soldiers
0: but, but uh, if you've got those, why do you need normal people? <laughs> but e- even the seven foot tall thing, people would probably grow to that sort of height anyway, into the forty oh, thousand exactly, years. Yeah. You've got to think Especially that's what. Because
2: they're in space all the time, because there's no gravity. Exactly. So it's you're you're 30, going to stretch. Thirty thousand
0: years for people to evolve. So it yeah. will
1: evolve differently. To be fair about the topic, I'm gonna dig a little deep here, okay. kind of into lore. So just cool. give me a fair shot here. Yeah. When we talk about like the Space Marines, and we, we even go in with the Sisters of Battle, um, mm-hmm. not not everybody gets to be a Space Marine. You, you gotta keep that in mind. Those are genetically superior individuals. And if yes. you don't meet those standards, then you cannot be a Space Marine. It's kind of the thing with women. Women cannot be Space Marines. It, it's plain as day in the rule book, which is where the Sisters of battles come in. Um, I almost feel like they were introduced because we needed to have some form of rebel. Like, we may not be genetically superior, but we are here and we can still fight. And I think it, honestly, I think it adds a nice contrast to the lore when you think about that. Because imagine if right now, real time, if the only way that you were allowed to be a computer programmer was if you had, like, perfect twenty twenty vision, and you had to at least have 11 fingers. Uh, <laughs> like... You know what I'm saying? No, you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely bang on. You're right. It does give that depth
2: that you need. But the problem is, there isn't enough. It's a bland depth. There's no depth to that depth. It's like, yeah, it's the shallow end of the swimming pool. If you jump in, you're going to fracture your skull. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want, well, people don't care necessarily. And I think they need to make that deeper, they need to make that richer. Um, they have started doing that they're they're introducing, they they have the Skatari in 7th edition which I think they're introducing into uh, the grand scheme of uh, um, of Imperial Guard, you can use them and and so on and so forth I'm not 100% on that but there are a lot of options to it Uh, but for me just looking at the troops, it's not something I'm necessarily going to want, if I want to paint human beings uh, with guns I'm going to collect a a world War Two game or a, a, a modern day war game, based in the real world. Yeah, I, I, I'm there for the escapism, for the the science fiction of this world, or the fantasy of, of warhammer fantasy. Yeah. So, like, I, I pick up a Nid oh, because that's cool. It's different. It's not something that I deal with on a daily basis. If I pick up a guy with a machine gun,
3: yeah. I'm bored. Oh I'm bored. yeah. It, it,
2: me to me personally and and i realize that i'm not i possibly stand alone i mean obviously turk agrees with me yeah, but I, I, agree. I i realize why they're there i realize that they do give that depth to the 40k universe and it gives us a place in that 40k universe but at the same point we i mean we don't need to be there if we've got genetically engineered soldiers like you say that only certain people can be in that group
0: then they're our fighters and we're somewhere else but that's that's like the armies
1: of today anyway
0: yeah
1: if you're unfit
0: you're not gonna join the army no
1: yeah you know and to be fair on your guys argument too you know uh, I, i'm more or less i'm defending the astra militarum players you know i get it uh but they i'm on the same side of the ship you guys are very incredibly out of place in the universe it makes no sense what, uh, what I can say, though,
2: with, with absolute definition, is I've seen some amazing paint jobs, and I know people care deeply about the uh, Imperial Guard as Militarum, militarum uh, I think that some of the models are absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong; I, I think if you play them, good for you, because it's not an easy army to play. You're going to turn you up need with a an lot all, of them. You need a lot of them, or you're going to turn up with some tanks, and 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 tanks aren't necessarily as good as they used to be in previous editions so fair play to you you've turned up with a difficult army and i think played well they're a very successful army um person on a personal level i don't like the law but you know i don't I, I, I even with me and turk like i i i take the mickey out of turk for playing town i don't begrudge him i think he's absolutely 100% open to his opinion on that, and good for him. I will wipe the floor with him in a game.
0: <laughs> We're but... gonna have to meet up just to prove this, you know. Don't you? <laughs> oh, We're okay, in the okay. same country. We can do it.
2: But I do really respect the fact that he picks that team. I, I, I have no problem with people playing that army. I just don't personally see where they fit in the universe. No. And that's all I'm saying. I, I, I have no real problem with with anyone who collects that at all whatsoever. I just think they don't necessarily gel with the universe itself
0: That's the lore yeah, side of it doesn't really all, work
1: yeah I, I think we're all like on that same page like they just they just don't fit into the grand scheme of things it's just it's really out of place and kind of awkward
2: and, and and this is the weirdest thing we've had a longer conversation about our hatred for well not hatred our annoyance with imperial guard as for militara than we have taken the mickey out of him for playing yes now. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the F Are we Win. Doing uh, Win. <laughs>
0: no, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, that, that's the that's time to end the podcast off you boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, going to no, joke no, if everyone no. listen at home. I'm not in the I'll give them no, some but, more time. No, but, but that's the
2: point I was making earlier. It's like people pick Tau because they're an interesting army and then realise people hate them. People don't necessarily pick Imperial Guard as much as they do Tau. Because yeah. they're a forgotten army because there's nothing... When you've got a space marine or a, a, even a tail mech next to an imperial guard unit you're like no you're all right
3: thank you i'll, yeah. I'll
2: pick the big big unit over here or the, the space marines because they look cool um which you don't get with imperial guard the only good thing about imperial guard was back in second edition i think um if you were playing space marines you could have the lehman rust tank from the imperial guard because it was named after your Primarch, you were allowed to have that in your army. They got rid of that, sadly. You can't have that anymore, but at one point you used to have a massive tank in, in your army, and that was okay because it was your Primarch's tank. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing Total like,
0: level. the only thing I like about Imperial Guard is they used to have a rule where you could take Gwessa, which was Imperial Guard who had joined um, the greater good. Oh God, here we go. So you, you, you could have a you could have a troop um. of... Imperial guard that you would put into Ta'wama and
2: so you had uh, you basically run a, a religious fanatic group. Yeah, basically. Yeah, fair enough.
1: And <laughs> now we just lost everybody listening. To the <laughs> <sighs> uh, okay. Join the greater good. <laughs> I will
0: convert you all to the greater good, especially oh, you, Vina. We know you want to start collecting intel. I,
1: I will gladly paint them up. We're, uh, supposedly. Yeah, exactly we got a follower that's supposed to be sending us some towel miniatures to paint up in uh pride colors so uh let's see if that works if we do i know where i'm sending them
0: (laughs) i'm happy i'll strip
1: them down and paint on in the proper color scheme (laughs) this guy and
2: and again i want to make it really clear we give you a load of hate and i I feel like we've given imperial guard a load of hate or astra militarum a load of hate we're not judging anyone on what they choose to play honestly we're having a bit of a laugh with turk here because he plays um, tell. there's nothing wrong with playing Tao. If that's the army you want to go for, then you go for that. The idea is to have fun with this game. Yes, you may get a lot of people uh, taking the Mickey out of you, like we have, or even just being generally rude to you because of your army choice, but you ignore that because you're going to have fun playing the game regardless.
0: No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's
2: be day. that much better when you kick their ass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine, I mean, like, I've already told Turk I'm going to wipe the floor with him. Imagine how annoyed I'm going to be when he beats me, and how happy he's going when, to be. When, when uh, I beat when you. He beats me. Then, good luck. <laughs> but you know, it, this is the uh, the like in any boxing game, you have the the the, the smack talk beforehand. This is the yeah. smack talk before a game. At the end of the day, if you collect an army, you hate all the other armies. That's the point.
1: So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. pretty much threw up your middle finger the day you started collecting that particular it, army.
2: It's like, this is the army I'm invested in. I've spent X amount of money on this. I am going to love this army until I die. And that's as simple as, as, as it can be. Yeah. Uh, yes, you may collect other armies, but there's nothing better than your first army. Space force. Yes. Um, so don't feel bad if you do collect Imperial Guard and we've just slated on you for the last half an hour. I apologise for that. And don't feel bad if you collect Tau, although feel a little bit bad because Turk.
1: don't feel
0: bad at all wear that towel with pride use them with pride
1: and this is why we're painting them in pride colors (laughs) it's right here you've got to do it i mean i
2: would buy uh, i mean in fact will buy towel miniatures but only to paint because i don't it's a different scheme i've never painted them before and i'd like to try it Different
0: different style as well like me and vanilla well we spoke about this in our last podcast attempt the towel open up a lot more it's like picking Tyrants because of them being organic
2: exactly yeah
0: but on the opposite scale you have towel which are like mechs and all their armor is sort of clean you won't have these massive gashes that you can no, put you into know. stuff because then if they do- if they get hit with an axe they're dead yeah yeah <laughs> dead, that army is not getting used again. You don't, so. you
2: don't see injured towel because they're dead. Every they they, they are really immaculate and yeah. uh, and I really like that about them. Um, and, and I love the models. I think the models are great. I just unfortunately they came along with a load of lore that I don't necessarily like and and, and so on and so forth. And I've never picked them as an army. Like I will support to the end of the earth the Space Wolves, the Necrons, and the Tyranids because they're the armies I play. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: if i did have a stroke and decided to play uh tau <laughs> then
1: i'd support them. <laughs> but it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> it will i will convert the, you the only complaint that i have uh this is kind of i'm i'm gonna throw a rocket at games workshop here you know okay. and people get mad about it so be it why in the hell would you introduce all these cool ass mechs and not give us a mech line of paint. Why do we not have pearlescence? Why do we not have a wider range of metallics? You wanna talk about a drop ball? That's a drop ball. There's so much potential with those mechs, and the only way you're gonna really bring them out, again, shots fired, you're not gonna bring out anything if you're going with the Citadel paints. I, I don't care, hate on me all you want you need to go grab yourself some true mech paints, get into pearlescence, get into those nice metallic flake colors and really make them bitches pop. I mean, that, yeah. that's, there's so much.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I, just you saying that, I'd never even thought of that, but a pearlescent fucking, sorry it's language, but a pearlescent um, tower army, yes, absolutely.
1: Like, but I don't see yeah.
2: it. Why would you go pearlescent?
1: because we're talking about we're talking about futuristic we're talking about straight power we're talking about nice crisp edges new machines these bitches should be top of the line and they're a pristine the line,
2: they're a pristine army they are meant exactly. to be perfect in every way they are for the greater good no, yeah i know that no, it doesn't have to be over the top for us and it has to be subtle yeah but subtle we blessing, don't have anything that, yeah. anything like that in the citadel paint range really You've no got some metallics but you're not going to paint um a riptide in in gun gun bolter metal or whatever the equivalent is lead belcher and so right. on and so forth. You're you're not going to do that. You you, you want subtle uh, pearlescent blues and greens and stuff like well, that to to make it pop. If you keep with the law, you won't.
1: If you keep with the law. You, you paint, you're you painting blue, right? Yeah. You're, you're sticking to the true towel colors. Well, no, it's not the towel colors, but... Well, well you, you get what I'm saying yeah. here.
0: I'm sticking to the lore side of it more.
1: That's very flat for such an immaculate model. No offense. Your, your paint's good. I'm not saying anything bad about that. What I'm saying is imagine that blue in a metallic or in a, in a pearlescent where that model shimmers and shines when it's on the table, something what that really catches the eye.
0: I think we've got different meanings of pearlescent, to be honest. Because pearlescent, to me, is it changes colour in a different light. No,
2: it's more it's it's more of a, me- a metallic uh, sheen, but with more colour. So you can have, like, very deep reds, but they'll shine like a metal. Like, uh, at the moment, I don't know whether you can see your own video, and I'm sorry for the podcast listeners, but your headphones look almost pearlescent at this moment in time because of the lighting that you've got in your, your roof. They look almost metallic. Okay. Uh, Okay, so I mean, it's it's very hard with an audio podcast, but uh, this is a pearlescent uh, red. It's metallic, but it it shines like metal. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I've seen I've seen uh, chaos corn armies being painted up with me- pearlescent reds, very dark reds, but they shine with this um, metallic edge to them that makes them feel like they are really. There, if that makes any sense, but re- like really vivid
0: within themselves. That's the thing, I might be thinking of a different type of paint then because, um, like obviously, totally on topic, but like, need for speed the game. If you had pearlescent paint on your car, one you look at it, it will be blue, and then you change the angle that you look at it and the light, it will be pink.
2: That is yeah. another, um, that is another aspect of, of pearlescent that you can do, but you don't have to go down that route, like, um. A lot of I mean, vanilla's looking to find a paint at the moment, but uh, you can have uh, a, a metallic shimmer to almost any colour, and it just look it, it pops just that much more. It looks
0: brand new yeah, yeah, shiny yeah. metal. Yeah, I get that. So, people
1: that, that, in the so video—that like, I agree
0: with, to be honest.
1: People on the podcast aren't going to be able to see this, but just for you, like, see this green? Yeah. See how it, it's very metallic. It, sh- it shines. This is still a green, but we have a very, very high gloss here. It, it, it hits like metal. What you're talking about is something like this. You can see this sticker? Yeah. Look at it.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking about. So, so you're thinking more holographic in
2: that case. Uh, whereas, okay, go out into the street and look at any car. Any car that you see, any car that you see on the street is a metallic sheen to it. It shines but it doesn't shine in the way that a 40k model shines because it's very different paint. It's no, yeah, per lesson yeah, yeah. in that way. Uh, you get reflections, you get refractions, whereas with any 40k paint except for the metallics, you get fairly dull stuff. You have to add a varnish to make it pop in any way, shape or form. Um, you can do that to make certain things, like you could gloss varnish something and it would yeah. make it almost pearlescent, but not quite. You want the metallic flakes in there to make it really look like it's meant to be there um you but yeah a real world example would be a car you go out to any car you get more of a shine off of that than you do from any of your miniatures that you've painted or i've painted and and, and that's the difference you want a range of paints that can handle that
0: yeah but i, I just don't think pearlescent the right word
1: no you might be right uh, you might be right I, i'm just referencing my paint it, it it's pearlized that's yeah that's
0: pearlized uh, but it's not pearlescent Pearlescent, from my understanding, has always been it changes colour. Pearlised is a different type.
3: Okay.
0: Well, that that that, that, might be. No, I'm just. I'm literally. I'm not taking shots at you. I'm just literally saying that. That's. Yeah,
2: colour shift. Colour shift will make it change colour when you look at it from different angles. Whereas a pearlescent will make it reflective. Metallic. Uh, element of it, but regardless of whether it's the right word or not, do you understand what
0: we're saying? No, yeah, I, no, no, no. That's the thing. Like, I, I was only disagreeing because I had the image of word. the changing. Uh, yeah, or, or the wrong word was used for you. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Like, because I, I, if like you had like a color-changing pearlescent army, it no, wouldn't. If you had
2: a color-shift army that would
0: look yeah, really weird. That's what I mean. That's that's, really that's why I was sort of disagreeing. That's what I had in my head.
2: But also oh, pretty cool because it makes it look make it look like it's got uh, some sort of camo to blend in with the natural surround. Yeah. So that could also work. But again, we don't have those colors either. No. Yeah. Because yeah. I, to- cool.
0: I totally
1: agree have with to that. No outside.
0: No. Yeah. I yeah, totally yeah, agree.
1: Yeah. This again. It, no matter what. To keep it simple for anybody who may be confused, let's just represent it like this. You don't have metallic greens. You don't have metallic reds. You don't have. Uh, there's, I can go on and on with the colors that we don't have in metallics. Uh, yeah. It's a really, it's a drop ball. We, we
2: can actually make it a lot simpler. Okay, so you have metallic bronze, you have metallic silver, and you have metallic gold, and anything other than that in Games Workshop doesn't exist. Right, yeah. Yeah. Any other metallics don't exist. And that's where the problem comes in. You can tr- you can cheat and make things look metallic blue, but it's not the same. It doesn't look quite right. See, that's... Uh, and-
0: that's that's the word metallic I, for everyone listening at home, i've just done a he's quick he's got
2: his phone out he's googling this i've googled thing.
0: it i've googled it and pearlescent or nacreous coatings or pigments possess optical effects that not only serve decorative purposes blah blah i mean i um, didn't understand
2: a word that you just said because i didn't so yeah basically it
0: pearlescent is to um mirror the effect that a pearl like mother of pearl gives you I, I was
2: gonna say you're not wrong yes that, that is where the, the term comes from, but that was not the point we were trying no, to get. Yeah, yes, no, we yeah. made the right word, we, we may have used the wrong word, or we used a word that was correct to us and wrong yeah. to you. But you're a Tao player, so you don't count. Oh.
3: <laughs> and correct to
2: Google.
0: I don't, I have like 10 paints.
2: All, all we're saying is, I think a, a Tao army painted with a metallic colour, Yes. Fur, would look a lot better than, than a, than a mat. No, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I do totally agree with
0: that. Don't worry. And
2: we don't have those options when it comes to Citadel. No, we do sometimes have them with other paint products, but you have to really look for them because they're quite expensive. I imagine to make, or yeah, they and be. they're quite difficult to come across. So, I mean, Vanilla is the best one here because he's got more of them than any of us put together. Yeah.
3: Well, that's not hard when I've got ten paints.
1: You've seen your paint collection. The big thing well, I've seen like any pearlized or color shift, metallic, whatever you want. You want to reference these colors as uh, the they cost so much, and for fair reason, because if you try to mix, let's say you take your silver and you try to mix red with it, you don't get a vibrant, a vibrant red. You get a very dull down like it looks like poop, to be honest. yeah, It doesn't look good. Um, These are very hard to pull off. These are made from straight silver metallics, which allows the color that your base is to refract off the metal flake to really give that shimmer. That's why the cost goes up. So like for this pearlescent green or pearlized green, uh, this is, you see it's a pretty large amount for those that can see it. this is $5 a, a bottle. Uh, so and about three quid for us. So about yeah, the same so price as Citadel paints for us. Well, for us, one pot of Citadel paint heres four fifty a pot. But that, that's dollars. Three, three, yeah, so
2: that's about 3
1: ten. 10 I think it's 3 Yeah, 10 right? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. And remember that those aren't like high-end paints that I'm showing you either. These are lower-end paints. They're just good paints. That's why I yeah. use them. I don't care if it's Windsor and Newton or if it's folk art, if it's a good paint, I'm going to use it, <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Well it's uh, like um, we talked about, obviously before we scrapped the old format, we talked about like the ones I was using, the humbral Were they Humbrol or? No, Revel ones. So where... the
2: problem with those is they're oil based paints.
0: Which? Revel?
2: Uh, Revel and humbral are oil based paints. They're, they're the Airfix paints, right? They're the paints no, the Aquacolor. Okay, oh, uh, the Aquacolor is different. Different, yeah, different brands. okay,
0: cool. But yeah, we talked about them and um, terrible paints, okay, but their pots are amazing in what way you can make a palette out of the pots. Out of the pot, yeah, i mean I'm, you can show. It I'll, I'll can show you. Vanilla's seen it, yeah. but if you take the lid off, obviously, it's got a weird oh, see. yeah, that's really cool. And then it sits, <laughs> so you go straight from the pot to that. Obviously, sorry I, for I, people I that are listening, but
2: yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I get that, but that's just um. I mean, that's a gimmick. Anyone who's yeah. painting has got a palette, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what so I'm saying, even, like, even I don't do Even if you're brand new to painting, you're going to find somewhere to put your paint on.
0: No, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was just saying that that's, like, no, I like those pots because it sort of gives you that place where you can have your colours, and that, that, pop, that palette bit is always the same colour, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's new to painting, I want to throw this in here real quick because we're going to treat this like the first episode do not paint directly out of your pots then your paints down get a palette get something Uh, i get it i've done it i guarantee you every single person in this podcast right now can say that they've painted straight out of a pot everybody's shaking their head yeah definitely Definitely. don't do it stop it if you're doing it right now stop what you're doing (laughs) get you a palette uh, just by doing that and thinning your paints, you're going to notice a dramatic improvement in your painting. Uh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. fucking teeth.
2: <laughs> well, okay. So, so if we're talking about first-time experiences. When I first started collecting, this was many years ago. Uh, I got space wolves and I got the instructions with the space wolves of how to paint them, and I knew nothing about painting at this point. Uh, and it said, paint it in this color. Great. Now dry brush the paint that you've done. And I knew nothing about dry brush, so in my experience, what dry brush was. Making sure my brush was dry before I dipped it into the pot of paint <coughs> and then putting it onto the model. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no! Oh no, no. no! Imagine the mess that I made. <laughs> a lot, a lot. See, that's the other thing about when I first started in Games Workshop, I sat there and on those beginning days they taught you how to paint as well. Yeah. Like they taught you all dry brushing and washes and all that sort of stuff. So, like, I had a couple of models that looked amazing and a couple of that looked absolutely shit because I did them at home.
1: Yeah. You know, we should also include anybody who may be new to this hobby. Uh, Do not underestimate the power of a wash. Uh, Washes are your best friends. Uh, So are blazes. Uh, Make friends with blazes. Make friends with washes. Uh, They are the best tool in your arsenal. uh, Period. I would also like to point out
2: at this point in the podcast, whilst we're, we're we're about an hour and a half in. You haven't brought up the color wheel
0: yet. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I was going. Well, the to... thing is, he and can't show it off this time, so we can't. We
2: can't show it off, but he... if you just say the word color wheel and Google color wheel,
1: you'll find a color wheel. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring it up. I was going to encourage Turk not to kill the podcast, because I know this is our limit. We're on a good flow. I wouldn't kill it. Let's just. Uh, oh, no, no I'm no, awesome. saying. it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> is is you
2: know. <laughs>
1: They, the color wheel, since we brought that up. Oh, yeah. What have what you done, <laughs>
0: What have you done? We could have had this in the next podcast. It's and I could, a valid point. I could no, have no, gone a week no. without hearing color wheel. As a I, graphics you know, look, designer, I hear color wheel all the time.
1: <laughs> Good, I'm, it's important. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to grab the color wheel. There's no video here. But get a color wheel, get it. Do not slack off about grabbing a color wheel to have an understanding of color. Uh, the, the biggest thing I want to reference here, and I'm expecting at least one of these two to shake their heads no, white and black are not colors. They're not colors. <laughs> they're the they absence are, of color and they're the full amount of color. That's the ex- only thing they are. <laughs> exactly. And everybody needs to understand that out the gate. Uh, we have never covered that. And I'm going to bring that up real quick. We, As Red said, Absence, all that. These are shades, okay? These are transitional colors that bring you towards your pigment that you're seeking. Stop referencing black and white as a color. They're not a color. They're used as tools. You just want to throw that out there. (laughs) Yeah, sounds pretty harsh, but... Especially, like, okay, there's a
2: difference between um, light and paint, okay? So when you're dealing with light, you have... Well, I'm going to turn the light on and I get... white essentially I get white uh, which is weird because that's all of the colors combined okay when you're dealing with paint you're mixing colors to make different different colors and it doesn't necessarily make sense that that white is just a lighter version of whatever paint you're dealing with Uh, you've got to realize that the black when you turn off a light it's dark that's the absence of light and when you're dealing with a model you're looking at shade and highlights okay so if you turn off a light and you don't want light to be there it's going to be darker if you want a, a lot of light, it's going to be lighter. So that's how you play black and white into your paint scheme in any way, shape, or form. You just have to say, okay, what color is it originally? And can I make it lighter or do I make it darker?
0: Well, that, that sort of cut off because um, you said obviously when you mix paints, when you turn it like, on, it's white light, it's all the colors mixed yeah. together. It's still all the colors mixed to when it's in a paint form, but only to your eyes not the pigments you don't mix all your pigments together to make white no of course
2: yes and that's the difference between light and paint obviously if you mixed all of your colors together on your palette board you'd end up with a horrible brown mess probably Um, and it would it would look awful so the way you perceive light and the way that you paint light is slightly different yes when you perceive light white is a a complete collection of all the colors that's why you get rainbows and stuff like that if you are painting you cheat you've got a white pigment you can use that it gets things lighter if you literally have three paints uh, and one of them's a green and the other two are black and white you've got a whole range of green paint what you the... can make it whatever color you want
0: the every yeah. idea is why this is great if you've got pretty good pigmented paint you could have red yellow no red blue and my mind's gone blank. I should really yeah, know this yeah, as a yeah. graphic designer. You, you need the primary colors. Look, red, blue, green.
2: No. Oh, red, blue, green are the uh, colored, primary colors of the TV. And red, light. red,
0: blue, yellow, yeah. That's right, right one, okay. yeah. And you can make a numerous amount. You can make every other color, basically.
1: Every single one. It is important to note while we're on this topic as well. This doesn't mean when you mix colors and you're trying to climb up the color wheel in, in your shades of red that you just <laughs> add that you just add white and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. You have to make sure that you're adding a a, a derived color that makes up that red. Because if you just start adding white to that color, you start getting a desaturate
0: You desaturate yeah, it, the color.
1: Yeah. And it, that trick, which hopefully we'll cover one day, I use that trick on my gemstones. I use white with an original derived pigment uh, to achieve that that real soft light transition that passes through the gemstone. That that's a, a whole other topic for another time. But just know that you need to you need to have an understanding of what colors make what colors, <laughs> well, basically. Well,
0: you don't. If you just want to have fun with the hobby, crack on with it. Do whatever you yeah. want. That's fine. It's whatever but, you uh, want to.
2: But but at the same point. If you've got those three basic colours, play around with those on your palette and see what you can come up with. Yeah. Because you'll you'll be amazed at the amount of colours that you can produce. Uh, there was a running joke on Vanilla's uh, and I think he was multi-streaming at the at the, at the time, but on Vanilla's uh, stream, which was a particular user uh, struggling to make purple. Yeah, Uh, And she's going to hate me for calling her out on this But but the conversation went on And on and on uh, And it turned out you can't make purple unless You've got red red and blue Uh, They're the two colours that make up purple You can make variations of that If you've got say orange or something like that But she didn't And uh, it was a running joke And I'm not going to get into it too much detail here But it was quite funny from our point of view And we laughed and we still take the mickey out of her for it But if you've got the three main colours You can make any colour you want really, as long as you've got the three main colours and the two shades that we talked about, black and white you can do pretty much whatever you want however you're going to need to be able to understand how they they fit together Uh, because just adding white to something doesn't necessarily make it lighter, as you said it makes it desaturated, so you might want to come up with a second paint making an orange to make it more red if, If when you mix them together, if that makes sense so if you're trying to make a brighter red, you'll have your red, you'll add white to it, and then in a separate palette, you'll mix up orange and red, and that'll be a brighter one. And you can put that into there and play around with it. And I encourage anyone who's newer to painting to not paint something, but play around with the paints that you've got. Mix them together and see what the color combinations are when you've done it. Because until you understand how paints work and light works and how it all fits together, You will spend a fortune on different paints that you don't necessarily need. You can play around with it. You can be your own boss.
1: A good example is the pink gemstone. I'm going to bring that pink gemstone up just briefly. And you should. That's a
2: good pink gemstone. It's a good pink gemstone.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs) Both of you guys were there when I done that gemstone. Okay. Mm. And both of you saw people asking what colors, plural, did I use? And when I turned around Emperor's Children and just set that in front of the camera, everybody was confused and they kept asking me, what colors did I use? And I was yeah. like, no, you, you don't understand, but this is it. This is the only color I used. Yeah. That's that's a prime example. You can create so many beautiful transitions just by altering one pigment. One pigment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. But that- To be fair, oh, go on. Go no, on. Uh, so, like, as, uh, uh, recently, I've just bought myself a wet palette. I mean, the really interesting thing about that is um you can leave it overnight and when you come back to it you see the paint's still there uh, but what you do find with the paint is it separates overnight so like my greens have separated and when i come back to them they look black because they're dark greens and I'm, and I'm like well why is that black or one of them looks blue what's going on
3: here and yeah. you
2: can see the different pigments that are in there when you mix it back together with your brush it suddenly becomes comes back to life and becomes the colour that you want. But you can see how the different paints are made up, what pigments are in there, uh, and, and from that you get a basic understanding of what makes makes up that paint. So I know that uh, my Deathworld Forest is is a darker green, but whereas my War Flesh is a gr- is a bluer green because there's more blue in it than anything else. It, well, it's really interesting to just play with your paints and see what they're made of, so that you can replicate that should I when I run out of that that, that colour. Yeah, the other thing as well
0: is it will surprise you what colours make what. Ooh. Oh yeah. Because like oh, me yeah. being a painter and decorator for my day job basically we buy our paint from the merchants and majority of the time it's not shaken fully so you get little streams of different colours in the paint that have been used to make the colour. So we had like a a bright pink at the end of the day, and one of the colors that was streamed through it was an orange.
3: Mm.
0: So it it will surprise you what colors make up what. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's good, good to play around
0: with it, and you'll learn it.
1: The big thing is orange. I'm going to reference orange because the the red and yellow combination, okay, to produce your orange. Um, you see a lot of it's, it's a rookie mistake but you see a lot of, of rookies trying to brighten up those oranges by adding white to them and they never think about adding yellow mm-hmm. uh, if you're trying to seek a more vibrant orange instead of dropping that white in there drop a little bit of yellow pick or, it up make it pop a little bit more or
0: like or say, a little bit of red yeah i was about to yeah, say like a little bit of red if you're going for more of a darker blood sort of orange i,
2: I, I think you said it earlier but the more white you add the more pastel your yeah. paint becomes Um, and at that point, when you're dealing with pastels yes, they've got their place, but they're mainly for edge highlighting I know, sorry, I I swore at you, I didn't mean to Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, they've got their place but at the same point if you're looking for a certain tone if you're looking for a certain hue you've got to think about what makes that colour up and that that can be tricky, which is why the colour wheel is so important because you can see what makes that, that up you know, you've got an idea, and you know what complements it, and you know what doesn't complement it. Yeah.
1: And it's relatively one of the cheapest tools that you can get for the hobby. But, you know, when I go that far, a I'm gonna, color wheel.
2: I'm, I'm gonna uh, agree with you and disagree with you at the same time, because you can buy a color wheel but you can get them online for free. Just do an image search, if you're, especially if you're new to the hobby, if you want to take it seriously, then definitely buy one. But if you're new to it, just do a Google search for a color wheel, uh, and there'll be a thousand results there uh, that will help you pick but, your colors.
0: But print it off. Yes. yes never, print go, print. never go from the screen, because everybody's screen will be slightly off in some way from true color.
2: Absolutely, but if you want a free, a, a relatively cheap or free version, definitely, start off by googling an image printing it on once you've got used to that then maybe invest a couple of bucks a couple of pounds whatever into a professional color wheel because it will help you out a little bit more because yeah. they tend to be a little bit more advanced but it's a very simple tool and it's so important because we're dealing with color every day yeah yeah
0: but on this point now of the mm. gemstone and the different shades of stuff, that's a good place to end and transition into our tutorial, which I'm hoping Vanilla will do the gemstones to show off that sort of yeah. transitioning colours of that. Um. So, so by the end of
2: this, we'll all be able to paint perfect gemstones, right? Definitely, that's yeah. The idea. Definitely, yeah. Hopefully. with practice, obviously. <laughs> but yeah,
0: obviously, I want to thank Red for joining us today and sitting here thank and shooting these craps with us and. Well thank you very much for talking around. It's been I'd, good fun. Thank you. I'd like to thank, thank Vanilla for being here as always. Well, this is the first one, but you know, as always from that one.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh it's always awesome man, to get on here and talk talk Warhammer, blood Bowl, painting. It's a passion we all share, so uh, it's yeah. nice to extend to the community.
0: And then hopefully next week we'll have a different guest to keep
2: or the to keep
0: the towel hate out of you
2: oh,
0: Come on, Guy. Wants. He's gonna be <laughs> <Guy, laughs> loves uh, towel, guy lost uh, towel. Uh, oh, we're, we're hoping it will be Guy. Um, so it'll so be so good to get mean to speak to spoil him. it's all, that all right. right. I, well, I want to be able to do it so we can tell everybody at home listening who's going to be on the next week, so they've got something to look forward to. Because we are, we are going to aim for streamers, mostly. Red was an exception because he is a viewer to both of our streams, so we wanted to get him in here and sort of see what he had to say about the hobby, because he's definitely a loyal viewer.
1: Well, and you definitely don't want to underestimate this man's painting skills. Though. He's yeah. very talented with the paintbrush, and that makes it easy to carry fluent conversation. Yeah, it definitely does. Very kind of you to say, that because that means a lot coming from you. <laughs> nah, it means a lot that you think it means a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, so what we we'll, what we are going to do, obviously, um, I still haven't decided yet, but I think we're going to upload the tutorials to YouTube. Have you got a YouTube channel, Vanilla? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Okay, so do you want to say your YouTube channel so then we'll upload it onto your YouTube channel? Oh,
1: yeah, it's uh, Vanilla underscore space paints. Uh, you can find all kinds of cool little tutorials here, and I actually like this because this gives me a reason to actually include YouTube stuff because I've kind of stepped away from YouTube. So Do you, well, you mean space
0: all. space paints is in the space bar or space is as in it? space written?
1: No, as in space bar, like yeah. Nella underscore space paint. Yeah, I see where really the confusion. confused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I, I, just, I
0: knew. I just wanted to make make you say it so that obviously you yeah. know. Home know. Um, but yeah, yeah. we'll up, we'll upload it to that because we're going to be doing the teasers on my Twitch channel so like um, the, the video teasers so we will definitely put that onto your youtube so then it gives you a bit of uh what's the word traffic Traffic, yeah basically yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh, so cool.
2: and by the way if you haven't already and i mean you're listening to the podcast so you're probably already there but uh, you should definitely check out his uh, uh vanilla's um uh, youtube section because there's some very good information on there that i've i've managed to watch through and i think it's it's worth it especially if you're a new painter pop along it's it's really informative there
1: you go thank you that's good to hear man because i recorded those quite some time ago yeah but information like that
2: never goes out of date my friend never goes out of date good information is good information
0: yeah but yeah i want to thank everybody who has downloaded and listened along with us just talking bullshit for the last hour and whatever (laughs) at home while you've been doing your daily chores or whatever while you've been studying whatever you've been doing and uh it means a lot that you've taken the time to download us download our voices into your phones or laptops or whatever yep screw town
1: <laughs> <laughs> my Stay drop strong. drop the mic
0: screw yeah. you <laughs> um but yeah hopefully guys we're we're gonna be aiming for probably one every two weeks or It'll probably be one every two weeks to give us time to edit and upload because we all do have obviously busy lives. So we hope you look forward to the next one and we hope to see you there.
1: Definitely, thanks again, guys. A lot of fun.
0: Anyone else want to say anything else before we leave? Like a little last
1: moment? Well, I've already said it, but screw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out on Twitch, inequity Graphics at TwitchTV.com, Vanilla underscore Paints, TwitchTV.com. Wait, no, it's not TwitchTV.com. It's just Twitch.tv. Yeah. Twitch.tv. Nailed TV. it. Vanilla Paints. He, he <laughs> can't he even TV. shamelessly Man, plug.
0: He can't know. even shamelessly plug his own channel. Uh,
1: no, <laughs> I know. I promote everybody else pretty well, though. Yeah. <laughs>